Hallelujah. And uh, it's always a privilege to be in the midst of my people. Praise God. And I'm happy to see everyone. Pastor Teller, God bless you in Jesus' name. Pastor Peter, God bless you in Jesus' name. All of you, can you say, God bless me? Ah, it is my own that is allowed there. So, God bless me. God bless me. Hallelujah. I want to tell us tonight that God is ready to bless us. And I thank God for what Pastor Peter said. It's not about the number, it's not about the size, it's not about the magnitude, it's not about the gym, gym, gym everywhere. Because the Bible made us to know, it said there was a big earthquake, he said, but the Lord was not there. It took a still small voice for the Lord to be in. So I do not want us to take it for granted what is going to happen in our midst tonight, what has been happening since yesterday, what is happening today, what is going to happen tomorrow. I don't want us to take it lightly. Please, don't say because we are not many, you won't get your blessing. No, your own blessing. You came because your own blessing is here. Praise God. Please, Hallelujah. tell him not to bother. Okay, bring it in. Hallelujah. So you came because your own blessing is here. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I want to appreciate God because he's set to really bless us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, so I'm closer to my people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we just have a word of prayer? Father in heaven, how we love you, and we lift your name in all the earth. May your kingdom be established in our praises, as your people declare your mighty
been good to us. We thank you, O oh God, because you have protected us, you have guided us, you have shielded us, you have brought us to the knowledge of your Son. And that is why we have come to give you thanks tonight. It is because of your mercy that we are not consumed. It is because of your mercy that we are here today. It is because of your mercy that you that we sing, oh God, tonight. Father Lord, we ask, oh God, as we have come once again, we have come to learn at your feet. And Lord, we ask, oh God, that you will teach us yourself tonight. In the name of Jesus. Speak to us tonight in definite ways in the name of Jesus. Heal our broken hearted in the name of Jesus. Meet us at the very point of our needs in the name of Jesus. And at the end of this youth anniversary, we will have the fullest cause, oh God, to glorify your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I want to tell us that God is doing great and mighty things in our midst. No matter how you see it, okay? No matter how it seems, God is doing great and mighty things. Only if you will be still and know that he is God. Are you hearing me? Only if you will be still and know that he is God. Praise God. The Lord said to tell you, know that I am God. Just know that I, the Lord, am God and I'm in the midst of you. Praise the Lord. Now the theme of this youth anniversary is youth on fire. Youth on fire. And do we know that it is not a difficult thing for God to cause fire to be in the midst of youth. But I think one thing that always bothers around the mind of the Father is that how will this youth handle the fire when it comes? It's a very easy thing for God to give us fire, for God to send fire to you and I. It is very easy, especially upon youth. Because the Lord even wants us to begin to prophesy according to Joel chapter two. But how are we going to handle appropriately this fire when it comes? I pray that God will grant us that grace to be able to handle this fire with care in the name of Jesus. We're going to look at the scriptural passage and let us go to the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. Something happened in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. And it occurred to me that God wanted to teach us something from this passage. Now, because I want it to be interactive, I'm sure we brought our Bibles. I'll tell us when to read. Sometimes I'll read from here, and sometimes I'll tell you to read. So let's open the scripture to 1 Kings chapter 18. I know we are familiar with this story, 1 Kings chapter 18, but I don't want us to be too familiar with God. Because at each time when we open the word of God, which is the word of life, new things come. The Bible said that, it said the letter killer, but the spirit gives life. The spirit keeps making us renew day by day. Okay? So 1 Kings chapter 18. And we're going to start reading from, let's start reading from um, verse um, 16. So can someone help us? 
1 Kings chapter 18, start reading from verse 16. Can you stand up so that we can hear you very well? Thank you. God bless you, my dear. I want another person to read from verse 22 because I want us to be following verse 22. Then said Elijah unto the people. Then said Elijah unto the people. I, even I only, the many prophets of the Lord, but past prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut in pieces and lay it on wood, and put no fire under, and I will dress the other block, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under, and call ye on the name of the God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answered by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Continue, sir. And Elijah said unto the prophet, of her, just you among, just you one bullock for yourself. Okay, let me let me help Pastor Peter. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, since there are so many of you, you take a bull and prepare it first. Pray to your God, but don't set fire to the wood. They took the bull that was brought to them, prepared it, and prayed to Baal until noon. They shouted, answer us, Baal. And they kept dancing around the altar that they had built, but no answer came. Then verse 25, at noon, Elijah started making fun of them. Pray louder. He is a God. Maybe he is daydreaming or relieving himself, or perhaps he's gone off on a trip. Or maybe he's sleeping, and you've got to wake him up. So the prophets pay. Remember, the Bible said the prophets. So the prophets prayed louder and cut themselves with knives and daggers, according to their ritual, until blood flowed. They kept on ranting and raving until the middle of the afternoon. But no answer came, not a sound was heard. 
verse 30. Another person, verse 30. Verse 30. my sister let me take it from here we are in verse 36 are we still following verse 36 at the hour of the afternoon sacrifice the prophet Elijah approached the altar and prayed oh Lord the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob prove now that you are the God of Israel and that I am your servant and have done all this at your command answer me Lord answer me so that these people will know that you, the Lord, are God and that you are bringing them back to yourself. Verse 38. The Lord sent fire down and it burned up the sacrifice. The wood, the stones scrub, scorched the earth and dried up the water in the trench. When the people saw this, they chilled themselves on the ground and exclaimed, The Lord is God. The Lord alone is God. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. That was a long passage, but I wanted us to get what the story is like. How many of us have read this chapter before? Yes? How many of us have read this chapter before in the Bible? Okay, so it was good we went through it. God bless us in Jesus' name. Now, I want us to know that, you know, we started by saying that it is not a difficult thing. Can you hear me? Can you hear me at the back? You can't hear. Come. Come to the side. Come to the side. If you are not hearing, move forward. If you can't hear at the back, don't stay at the back. Move forward. You can come to this side. Come. Come to the front. Don't stay at the back if you are not hearing. Praise God. I know the rain is much. It's, it's their showers of blessings, okay? Now, we started by saying it is not a difficult thing for God to send fire. Are, are, we, are we in agreement with that? Yes. Is it a difficult thing for God to send fire down? No. It's not a difficult thing. Look at what happened in that scripture. Elijah just prayed a prayer. And immediately after the end of that prayer, the Bible said fire came down. Did we see that in the Bible? Yes. Praise God. Amen. But before Elijah got to this point, certain things were put in place. Chakwe, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Before Elijah got to this point, 
certain things were put in place. So before you and I as youths can get to the point where we are asking God for fire, certain things have to be put in place. What were the things that were put in place in the life of Elijah? Number one, some things that were put in place in the life of Elijah that by the grace of God caused fire to fall were number one, the man. Somebody say the man. The man. That's number one. Who is the man that we are talking about here? Elijah. Now, why did I say Elijah? For fire to fall, the life of Elijah had to be right. For God to use Elijah and for Elijah to qualify as someone that God will hear his voice and make fire to fall, Elijah's life had to be right. By inference, if you and I are asking God for fire, my life must be right. Your life must be right. What do I mean by our lives must be right? Our lives must be right in the sense that we know Jesus as our Savior. And we do not stop at the point of being a Savior to us. He's also our Lord. There's a difference between God or Jesus being a Savior to a man and Jesus being a Lord to that man. When Jesus is your Savior, that means that you have said yes to Jesus, you are born again, and you have accepted Jesus Christ into your life. You are a member of the family of God. You are now a member of the vine. Remember the Bible says in, in John, he said that we are the branches, he is the vine. So when we give our life to Christ, and when Jesus becomes our savior, we become part of the branch. We become, we become part of the vine. We become attached to that vine. But to make Jesus your Lord is when you remain in the vine. It's when you remain and continuously abide in him. And Jesus becomes the master of your life. I want to say sadly here, so many people have confessed Jesus as their savior, but they have not allowed Jesus to be Lord. Because Jesus does not control the way they act. Jesus does not control the way they do their things. They still live their lives like they were living their lives before they gave their life to Christ. So such a person has only accepted Jesus as savior, but has not accepted Jesus as Lord. So for a man to be right, the man has to accept Jesus as Savior and Lord. When you say someone is your Lord, you everything about your life is about the person. Everything about your life is the, that person first. Everything about your life is to obey every word that that person speaks. If I want to ask us a question, indeed, where you are seated, do you do everything that God has spoken to you? Do you do everything that is in the word of God? Do you allow God to speak through you before you speak? 
Do you allow God to act through you before you do anything? Before you reply someone, do you act? Do you allow God to take control of you? Do you allow God to take control? Is he in charge of your life or you are in charge? There was a story that was told of someone. He built a house and he said, okay, Jesus, I built a house. So, and Jesus said, congratulations. And he now gave Jesus a room. Let's assume he had three rooms. He gave Jesus a room. Jesus said, no problem. Is this the room you gave me? He said, yes, sir. Jesus stayed in his room. By the time they slept in the night, a stranger came into the house and located the owner of the house and gave the man serious beating. By the next morning, his mouth was swollen like this. Then he ran to Jesus' room. Jesus was sleeping and resting peacefully. He knocked and said, Jesus, you didn't come and save me. This person came into the house. He didn't even come to your room. He gave me serious, look at my mouth. Jesus said, ah, you put me in charge of this room. That is, I can only take charge of where you put me. If you put me only in this room, it is only this room I can take charge of. The man said, oh, okay. The man, he took the biggest room home. He now said, Jesus, come to the biggest room. If the room is the problem, take the finest and the biggest room in this house. And they went to sleep the next morning. By, the ne by that next night, the beating he received the second night was terrible. He couldn't even walk. And Jesus had to say, hey, oh, sorry. And the mom was saying, sir, I, I, I gave you the biggest room now. Eh? And you still allow this stranger to give me beating. Jesus, you are supposed to be my savior. But Jesus said, you put me in charge of that big room. He now came to his senses that, ah, I understand, sir. Jesus, this is the key of this house. Everything about this, in fact, I'm no longer the owner of this house. Jesus, take that key. Everything about it is for you. Which room do you want me to sleep? Anyway, if I, I will sleep in the sitting room. That's how the man slept in the sitting room. And he slept so peacefully, he woke up the next morning. By the time he woke up, he met Jesus by the gate. Ah, Jesus, who didn't sleep? No, I'm now in charge, so I take control of everything that happens in this place. And the man said, so that means the stranger didn't come. He said, the stranger came home. But by the time he came and saw me by the gate, he said, sorry, sir, I'm in the wrong house. Sorry, sir, I'm in the wrong house. And he ran away. Do you know that that is how the devil comes visiting us when we say we have given our lives to Christ, but where we have not made him Lord, the devil still comes and still gives us blow. Still gives us beating. Still makes us not to attain to the height that God has proposed for us. Why? We have not given him the key of our life. We are still holding on to the key. So if you are here this afternoon or this evening, the key of your life is still with you. You are still the one manipulating yourself. You are still the one dictating for the fire to fall. It falls upon a man that has made Jesus both Savior and Lord. Tonight before you leave here, if you are not sure if you have made him your Lord, that you have surrendered everything to him, that you have given him the key of your life, that you will do everything and anything he says you should do, just say a little prayer before we go tonight and say, Lord, I want you to be my Lord. Let's go on.
We said for fire to fall, certain things have to be put in place. Number one is the man. The life of that man has to be what? Light. The life of the man has to be? I want us to chorus it. The life of the man has to be? How is the life of the man right? He makes Jesus his Lord and? He makes Jesus his Lord and? That is number one. Praise God. The second thing that we observed in this story God bless you. Let there be light, and there is light. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Apart from the life of that man being right, the second thing that we saw in this place was that we saw that Elijah repaired the altar. Somebody said, repairing the altar. Repairing. I can't hear you. Somebody said, repairing the altar. Repairing. If you look at the scripture, Let's go to verse um, 30. The Bible said that then we are in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30. He said, Then Elijah said to the people, Come closer to me. And they all gathered around him. He set about repairing the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. He repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Praise God. Someone should check that light, please. He repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. If we can't get it fixed, let's just, um, so that we don't get distracted. Praise God. Praise the Lord. It is well with us in Jesus' name. For this God is a God. I want us to wait for them. Forever. And ever He will be He will be Our God Our God From now Even unto the end For this God For this God For this God He's our God, He's our God forever, forever and ever. He will be, He will be, He will be our God. Oh, yes, from now. He on to the end. Oluwa dara, Oluwa dara, Oluwa dara. Oluwa dara, Oluwa dara, Oluwa dara.
Dara. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Oh, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Oh, the Lord is good. Yes, the Lord is good. Oh, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Oh, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Baba Fagbara Reho Ninu Ayemi Baba Fagbara Fagbara reho ni tori pe ki gogbo araye e mo daju wi pe e jesu ni kalaba lori aye gogbo baba fagbara re e fagbara re o baba fagbara re ninu ile mi o baba fagbara Fagbara reho, Baba Fagbara reho, Baba Fagbara reho, Kikbobo araye le modaju ipe Jesu ne kalaba lori aye bobo Baba Fagbara. Lord. Praise you, the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we were reading from verse 30, and it says, Then Elijah said to the people, Come closer to me, and they all gathered round him. He set about repairing the altar of the Lord which had been torn down. What did he do? He repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. For fire to come, apart from the fact that the life of the man has to be right, the altar has to be repaired. The altar has to be repaired. Now, someone may ask me, what is the altar? Is it the pulpits? Yeah? 
what is the altar? In our now days, in our moments like this, in our days like this, the altar is a place of consecration where a man gives of himself to be used of God. An altar is a place of consecration, is a place of offering, is a place of dedication, is a place of presentation. The man presents himself before the Lord. Romans 12 says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. He said, this is your reasonable service. So what is our reasonable service tonight? The Bible makes us to know that for fire to fall, we need a reasonable service. And that reasonable service is that there has to be a repairing of the altar. The altar that has been torn down. The life of a man, when he presents it to the Lord upon a particular altar. Now that altar may be in your heart. That altar may be maybe a place. But at, in particular times, we could also see altar as a point of quietness, a quiet time. A time that you have dedicated to the Lord. A place that you have dedicated to the Lord. A moment that you have dedicated to the Lord. A place that you have put in the hand of the Father, that Father, this is where I will present myself to you. So if I want to ask us, among us, youth and teens, how do I repair this altar when I don't even know where it is? The altar is where you are. Is that point where you give yourself to God? Is that point when you say, God, I am the sacrifice for the offering? Remember, as Abraham was taking Isaac, you know, he kept on asking the father, Father, there, there is, we can, I can see the fire, I can see all the things that you need for the sacrifice, but where is the sacrifice? Where is the sacrifice that's going to be used for the burnt offering? And the Bible said, he said the Lord will provide. Praise God. Now eventually, who became that sacrifice? He was supposed to be used as that sacrifice, but the Lord provided. Which means a sacrifice upon an altar, a place where you present to the Lord, can be the life of that man, can be you, me. When I bring myself, present myself before God, and I live a life that is pleasing to God. God will accept my life as a burnt offering, as a sweet-smelling sacrifice unto him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, how many of us have quiet times? Quiet times when you say, I'm going to pray to God every day at about this time, from 4 a.m. to 5 a.m., from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., or from 3 p.m. to 2 p.m., uh, to 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. How many of us have that particular time of the day when you say, God, this 15 minutes is for you? A apart from our pastors, our daddies. How many of us have that time? You have it. Some of us. Now, many of us don't have. If we don't have a quiet time, a time when we present ourselves before God, we would not be able to present, us, present ourselves to God in such a way that he would take us seriously that he might use us for a sacrifice, in quotes. 
according to Romans chapter 12. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12 so that we can see in the New Testament way how it is that we present ourselves before God. Romans chapter 12. The Bible said, I'm reading from good news. Okay, thank you. Yeah? By the mercy of God, that you present your bodies. Yes. A living sacrifice. Your bodies. Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's true, sir. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are we still here? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Good News Version says, So then, what we are looking at is, in our day time, in, in this our time, how do we repair an altar such that we present ourselves upon an altar? Is it that we climb the mountain and we say, God, here I am, this is the mountain? No. Romans 12 is what God is talking about. It says, So then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Who offers? Is it me that offers you? Who offers you? Yourself. You offer yourself. Now, follow me. He said, offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is the true worship that you should offer. Do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Then you will be able to know the will of God, what is good and is pleasing to him and is perfect. Beloved, how you and I repair our altar is by us presenting ourselves to God. When we present ourselves to God, what we do is that we offer true service or true worship to him. And how do we offer true worship to him? Verse 2. We should not conform ourselves to the standards of this world. The world is wearing this, me too, I wear. The world is saying this slang, me too, I will say it. The world is doing a jankolo kolo on their head as, as guys, me too, I will do it. The world is doing this, they are saying this, they are acting this, me too, I will do it. The Bible said, no, for you to repair this altar and make this altar right for fire to fall. He said, do not conform to the standards of this world. Do not copy them. Don't imitate them. Don't say, sir, but they are doing it and they are getting away with it. You are different. It's because you don't know who you are. That is why you want to copy them. They should copy you. The Bible said you are a standard. Do not allow their standard to affect your own standard. There's a standard in the word of God. There's what the Lord says. There's what the Lord permits. Others may. There was a tract, deeper life tract that said, others may. I can't. If you begin to see yourself that you are judging yourself or you are acting or you are doing things by the standard of this world, bro, sis, it's time for you to check yourself. 
if you are always getting to your phone, addicted to your phone, watching pornography, doing masturbation, doing things that should not be heard in the body of Christ, you are already conforming yourself to the standard of the world. That is what not what the Bible says. When you conform yourself to the standard of the world, they are lying, they are cheating. They are allowing boys to molest them. Girls are giving themselves to boys. Boys are allowing themselves to be tossed to and fro by, by, by girls. Cheating in exams. Lying. Doing all sorts of things. You are allowing yourself to be ruled by the standard of the world. That is not what your father says. That is not what the scripture says. That is not how to build an altar to the Lord. An altar that you build to the Lord, that you repair, is an altar that comes to the Father. A life comes to the Father and says, God, my life, I want my life to be transformed inwardly. How does your life, how does my life transform inwardly? How do I change my character? You don't know, but Paul said, look, some things that I want to do, I can't do them. But those very things I don't want to do, I just find myself doing it. You may be here, there are some things you have told yourself, they are wrong, but you have said you will stop it. It is because there's another law acting in you. The law of sin and death. And that law wants you to commit sin, 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 until you get to the point where you think the Father cannot even forgive me again. But grace is here tonight, and grace is speaking for you, and grace is saying, my grace is sufficient for you. Don't continue to do those things that are, are wrong. How do we conform to the standards of the word of God? He said, by renewing our mind. How do we renew our mind? With the word of God. When the word of God is one thing that you seek after, that you keep going to, what does the word of God say about living a good life? What does the word of God say about this? What does the word of God say about my education? I will be the head and not the tail. What does the word of God say? By the time you give yourself to the nurturing of the word of God, you will notice that things begin to change. Your mind begins to change. Because you are a function of what you hear, what you see, and what you read. You are a function of what you hear, you see, and you read. If you continue to read pornography, watch pornography, read things that are not edifying, what you begin, the fruits that come from you, they begin to be the fruits that are unto our righteousness. But if the things that you feed your eyes on, you feed your mind on, they are the word of God, you begin to bear fruit unto righteousness. That is the way it goes. So the second thing, what was the first thing that I say we need for fire to fall? Number one. The man, the life of that man, God bless you, must be right. What is number two thing that we say must be put in place? Repairing the altar. How do we repair the altar? What is the altar? The altar is a place where we come to the point of saying, God, I give myself to you. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I want to be conformed by the standards of the world, not the world. And I pray that God will help us tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's go again to the uh, first Kings that we're reading. First Kings chapter 18. The third thing that we saw that Elijah did was that he presented there was a sacrificial offering. There was a sacrificial offering. There was something that, that was, those were the bulls or bullocks. Did you see that the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah, they did the same thing that Elijah did? The Bible said they prophesied. So don't think it's only in the kingdom that prophecy takes, that prophecy takes place. 
The people of the world too, they will tell you they can prophesy. They will tell you they have an altar. They will tell you that you can sacrifice and fire before, but we saw in the scripture that fire did not fall. Why? The man was wrong. The God was wrong. Who is the God behind your altar? Who is the God behind your altar? If you say, I pray every day, I do this, who is the God directing your prayers? Who is the God dictating things on your altar? Are you doing it out of pride? Are you doing it out of ignorance? There has to be a God behind that altar. And the God of heaven should be the God behind our altar. So we saw that they presented an offering. The offering you, you and I can present unto God is our body. This body. The, the, the KJV that brought Peter read. He said, therefore present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Your body is not your own. Bro, sis, your body, what did I say? It's not, you are not talking, no. Your body, is it your own? No. The scripture says it is not your own. So you cannot fornicate because it is not your own. If you do that, you have committed sin against yourself, your body that is not your own, and against God. Watching pornography, it is a sin against your body, and you are not permitted to do that because your body is not your own. Your body should be a living sacrifice given to God. Don't allow someone to meddle with your body to say, ah, oh, mom, I find care. I begin to touch you. Say, no, my body is not my own. I can't do anything, anything, anyhow with my body. Why? I'm sold out to Jesus. It is not my own. It is for Jesus. Your body is for Jesus. Let them call you Mother Mary. Let them call you Sister S.U. They have called those names in the past. But it didn't change anything. It made us better people. Let them tell you you are a Jesu. Let them say it. Present your body. Let them come and meet you. Ah, hey, hey. You, you are already 18, you are virgin. Oh, Jassy. Ah, oh, Jassy. Let them tell you that. Tell them I am sold out. My body is not my own. Let them tell you, ah, Omo, Omo, and she betting come back. What bet? Probably bet 5K. Or I get 25K. You run it go boy. Do you know what they do, do in, in those situations? They want to introduce a spirit into you. Betting is a spirit. Kalo Kalo is a spirit. Don't let them introduce you because once you start, to stop is a problem. And it's common among youths nowadays. That's why we are shouting and screaming. It's common. It comes so innocently. They will tell you, you can bet, Naija bets. Bet on your phone. You know, give 5,000, collect 25,000. Come and do business, you do, you give me 1,000, collect 5,000. It is a spirit. They are introducing you to the spirit of the devil. Tell them, ah, my body is not my own. What, what should you tell them? Hey, you're not here, you know. What should you tell them? My body is not my own. I cannot do anything anyhow. So you know, when they come and meet you like that, eh, T, Tai, where's Tai, where's Kenny? When they come and meet you, that Tai, hmm, you, you don't have boyfriend. I wonder what you are doing. Kinon Droshe, fine babe, fine babe, what are you waiting for? Tell them, let me go and ask for permission. My body is not my own. God, see what my friend said. Imagine, 
Do you understand? That is what that is how me I'm practical to God. God is a father. We can't see him, yes, but I know he's there and he's hearing me. Listen, my body is not my own. Don't give in to don't give in to anything they say. In secondary schools now, there is now and, and universities, there's courtism. It starts from um take a ring. That's why when I see rings on any of you, I become so eh, what is this? Who gave you a ring? How? E -e -e. Don't collect a ring from anybody. They will tell you it's just friendship ring. It starts from there. Because you don't know the kind of spirit that person carries that is giving you ring. Before you know it, you become, uh, they become, not you in Jesus' name, they become Air Force flying in the night. Don't collect rings from them. Don't collect chains or bangles in the name of it's just friendship. It is you that thought it's just, but they, they know what they are doing. No? Rather, give the person tract. Tell the person, John chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus loves you, for God so loved the world. That is what you should give them. Don't collect things from them. My body is not my, my body is not my. So the third thing that we are presenting to God is the sacrificial offering, just as Elijah did, which is our body. In this case, God does not want sheep and goat. He does not want all those offerings again. He wants your body. He wants my body. That's the sacrifice he wants you to give to him. Praise God. That is why it was told to Saul. Look, the Lord does not delight in all these your animals. He doesn't delight in the sound of animals. He des desires your obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Don't say, I will obey God tomorrow. God, you know I'm still young. You know I'm still young. You know, I mean, we, are, we should be happening. Don't mind them, oh, there's nothing happening. The one, what we happen is the end time, and the end time is going to happen soon. This is the time, as grace and true Bible church teens and youth, that we should begin to stand. Stand on our own. Stand firm. Don't let anyone discourage you. And you must make sure that what you are doing is the right thing that the scripture has said. This is not the time for you to be rude to your parents. This is not the time to say, my mommy is not spiritual. My dad is not spiritual. No, this is not the time to say that. This is the time for you to bury yourself in the word of God and to see what God has for your future and for your now. This is the time for you to run your race. Don't say, hey, grace and truth, ye God, say, God, you. Eh? Look at all the youth have gone. All the youth have gone. If it's one person left, let it be you. Let it be you that stays back to make that change. If everybody goes, who remains? The church is not good. The church is not good. They are worse church than grace and truth. They are worse church than grace and truth. And you don't even have any standard to, to, to want to uh, put a criteria to say the church is not good. The church is not for you. The church is not for everybody. It belongs to God. It's the body of Christ. It belongs to God. So what quarter have you, have you contributed to the body of Christ? Is he complaining? They were preaching in me. They should allow you to take over. Youth will take over. Youth will take over. And the fire will fall. Before the fire falls, the man has to be right. If the man is not right, when the fire comes, it destroys. Fire from God is not something we joke with. It can destroy. It can destroy. For it not to destroy, the man has to be right. The altar has to be repaired. And the life, the body you are presenting to God has to be without spot or wrinkle. Is it that we will not sin? Is it that we will not make mistakes? We can, we may, but we are not to stay in that mistake. And you are not permitted to always be given excuse concerning your life. What I expect to see us in the next two years, three years, is to be marching on and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. 
For us to say we will stand in grace at the Bible church, the gates of hell cannot prevail against this church. It doesn't take a minute for fire to fall. If you catch a fire, you catch a fire. Before we, by the time we come to church and all the youth are on fire, you imagine how, how the fire will spread throughout the whole church. But when we have a dead people, how would the fire fall? When we have a life that God will say, hey, who? Because when it falls, it will destroy these people. Let me just hide this fire for a moment. And maybe that is why this thing came. Maybe God has been waiting for us as youth. God has been waiting for us as teenagers. That when will you wake up? When will your life be right? When will you all, all, all repair this altar? When will you begin to come to me every day that God, every 15 minutes, so, so, so time to so, so, so time. It is for you. Whatever I'm doing, even if I'm eating, I will drop what I'm doing. And I'll say, God, you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Ah, oh, Father, Lord, I give you praise. I thank you for my parents. I thank you for Grace and Trade Bible Church. I thank you because tomorrow's service, you will do wonders. I thank you for the preachers. I thank you for the pastor. When are you going to give that minute to God? It doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be two hours. You grow into it. But the you that does one minute today, you do one hour tomorrow. But if you never try one minute, when are you going to grow to pray before his presence in one hour? Praise God. Hallelujah. Forget about the gymnastic, if I must put it, that we do in church. Your inner altar, in your, in your house, in your house where you are. Who are you before God? Are you a stranger or you are a son or you are a daughter? So if you are a stranger before God, fire cannot fall here too. Because the life has to be right. If you are a visitor in the Lord's presence, God, show, um, my exam, I passed. Thank you. I'll see you next exam day. And you go away. You come to God like a visitor only when you have a request. Change. You come to God only when you have complaint. Lord, you see my parents, they are beginning to make me angry. You are a visitor in the presence of your father. Change. God wants you to be a constant comma. Constant comma. His windows are wide open. His presence is always there for us. He said, come, come, come unto me. Come, come, come up either. Come up either. Come, come. So if you are here and you are yet to come, you are missing. And fire and revival may tarry. And who knows if it's in your hand that the next revival is and you are still sleeping. So sleeping giants, wake up. Sleeping giant, wake up. What did I say? Sleeping giant, wake up. The David of our generation, wake up. If David did not go to that battlefield that day, Goliath will still be terrorizing people. And that is why we have so much terrorism in the place, in the, in the, in the country today. Why? Sleeping giants. Our giants are still sleeping. The giant of faith, you, you are the giant of faith. You are still sleeping. Hey, they did this. Ah, they did that. You, when are you going to wake up to do your own responsibility? Your bits that God has called you to do in the body of Christ. Your assignment is different from my own assignment. You, when are you going to wake up to do your own assignment? Not everybody will be coming like this here to preach. If, if you tell me, I prefer to sit down here so I pastor tell I will be dishing out. You understand? But because this is what God has called us to do, this is our ministry. What has God called you to do? When will you get to know the assignment? When that God has called you to do, when you are still sleeping, and you are still saying, We had a king in the Bible that was eight years old. A king in the Bible was eight years old, and you say you are a small child? 
wake up. Sleeping giants, wake up. So we have spoken about three things. Number four, we saw in the story of Elijah that what another thing that made the fire to fall was that there was a resting place for the water. The Bible said he made trenches. Let's go to uh, verse 33. And he put the wood in order. Yes. And cut the bullock in pieces. Yes. And laid it on the wood and said, Keep four barrels in the third time. And he did it in the third time. And water ran around. And water ran round about the water. And he filled the trench also with water. Thank you, sir. There was the altar. Assuming this is like the altar. He said he built, he made dog trenches. You know, when you dig a hole. You know, he dug all around the altar. And what I saw there is that by the time they said the fire, I mean, the, the water should fill. He continued filling until it overflowed into the trenches. There was a resting place for the water. If there was no trenches, it would have gone. The water would have rolled away. I was wondering why he built the trench. Because uh, you don't need the water. It now occurred to me that actually what he did was that he provided a resting place for the water. And the fourth thing that made fire to fall that we need is we need to make a resting place for the water of the world. There needs to be a resting place in our lives for the water of the world. What container have you brought before the Father to receive that word? Are you so, you are so full that you cannot take more of the word of God? Or you present yourself before God empty and say, God, here am I. I'm empty before you. I'm empty before you fill me. Each time when we come before the presence of God, God wants us to come empty. That he might fill us more. Yesterday is gone. Today I'm in need, Lord. Holy Ghost fire, fill me. When we come before the presence of God with pride and arrogance, we come before his presence full, and God cannot fill up a full container. God cannot fill up a full life. If you feel your vessel is full, there is nothing more you can receive. Abby, if Peter gave me a cup and put water for me, and I've not drank the water, if you continue to put the water, what happens? It will be wasting away. But if the more he's given me, I'm drinking, drinking the word. The presence of God, I'm drinking, I'm consuming. He will keep giving me more. And that's the thing that God wants us to do. When you keep coming for more in his presence, he keeps filling you. He keeps filling you. And before you know it, you are more. Be, uh, when you come before his presence, each time you, you get filled more. You get filled more. There is more thirst and hunger. What is God saying tonight? Would you come before me always having thirst and hunger? God can only feel the thirsty. He can only feel, feed the hungry. But if you are not hungry, God will just be looking. When she's hungry, she will come. When he's thirsty, he will come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I see God telling us this evening, come to me. You will be hungry before me. The Holy Spirit is here to fill us up. But if you are already filled up by your arrogance and pride, how will you get filled up? And what he wants us to do is that when we come before him and we present our vessels, our bodies before him, and he fills me up, I will go out and begin to do exploits for God. The more I do exploits, I become empty again. I run again, come into his presence, feel more, run again, go out and say, 
give your life to Christ, I evangelize, come to our church, give your life to Christ. I come before his presence again, I give him thanksgiving and everything, I become empty, he feels. I become empty, he feels. That is the way the Spirit of God goes, the things of the Spirit goes. Let's come before God's presence, providing a platform, a place where the word of God, the water of the word, where it will rest. If not, all the preaching, all the praying, it will just enter here and come out here. If Elijah had not dug up the trench, the water would have just flowed away. And maybe we would have not learned anything from him today. But it just occurred to me while I was studying that scripture, that actually there was a platform that was provided for water to stay. Bro, sis, where is your water? The water of your world, where does it stay? Where does it stay? Where does it stay? Do you hear the word and you don't do it? Do you hear the word, Motibo, and you don't do what God says? What is the benefit? See, if God is God, let's have him. So that if their Baal is God, eh, they should serve their Baal. But we thank God that the God that answered by fire is our God and he proved himself faithful. God has no problem to prove himself faithful when he has us. But the problem that God has always had with man is that man do not know himself. So man easily chippings in himself and bring himself down before the enemy. Oh, did the Jesu? The devil had the audacity to say, come, bow before me and I will give you all these things. And you know, the same temptation that, Jesus, that, that, that the devil gave Jesus, he's given to us the seed of Jesus. And we are gullible to... to so many people, you, you hear them now, all these why why people, I call them why why. All these Yabu boys, what are they looking for? Fame, money, girls, car, shiki now. That's all. Fame, money, girl, scar. After that, what else? Death. And they now meet themselves in hell. And they now say, so it is true that heaven is real and hell is real. The devil came to Jesus with fame. Come, sir, I will, I will give you fame. Just bow down before me. And many of our youths are bowing down to the enemy. And the devil is giving them a color. You, that you are the owner of the beans. You are the owner of, he's giving you a bit of what God has said it is yours. Don't listen to them, my dear. Some of you that are going into the university, some of you that are still in, in secondary school, even in primary school, don't listen to them. They will come to you and tell you a lot of stories. Ah, Ah, if you see my brother, ah, the latest car. The la Don't listen to them. You, you will buy the greatest car in this world. In fact, the car that has not been built yet, you will buy. But time, 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 time. Give God time to walk in you. The, my, my daddy and I, we were going ho back home. That's how, you know those Yahubas, you know them with their hair. Their hair, shaku shaku like that. You see them, and with tinted glass. We were going you know, about to cross, but we saw that a trailer was coming fast. So we stayed. This boy, he just went, Igboa, and the trailer just gave him by the side. But we thank God, he ran out without any butter. He was not holding his head. The car wrecked. What's the point? If death had met him that day, that would be just automatic ticket to hell. So you and I, what are we waiting for? God wants us to be right. So that when you get to your school, you can be right. You can be the shining light. When you get to your university, you can tell them, 
this way that you are going is the way of destruction. Come to the light. But if we, we are easily deceived, ah, one sock pay, one sock pay, one sock pay, they give you chewing gum, you take, they give you sweet, you, you top, 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 everything. You didn't tell them about Jesus. Why? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus Amen. and that we will have a place for the resting of the word of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. The last thing that I saw there was that fire fell. And when fire, fire, the fire fell. And when the fire fell, the people saw what the Lord did and they said the Lord is good. So the fifth point is you don't need to announce yourself. God we announce you. You don't need to come to church and say, um, praise the Lord. Um, I just want to tell you that um, begin to announce yourself. I'm now spiritual. So uh, all you small boys and small girls um, that you don't know anything about the word of God, you know, and you begin to be prideful and you begin to do things in ignorance. You don't need to do that. See, Someone that carries fire, that fire, we announce him. You don't need to announce yourself. Elijah didn't need to announce himself. In fact, he did not even announce himself. He announced about God. He said, the God that answers by fire, please answer. And God answered. God will use you and I to announce him because we'll be carriers of his presence. Anywhere you go, they'll say, ah, there's something about Tai." Well, you know, character is too, too sharp. She's always cautious. She always, ah, she's a born again Christian. You, you don't need to tell your parents at home that you have changed. They will know by your character. You that used to say, you give eye, eye from head to toe, you eye before. But by the time something has happened in you, and the Spirit of God begins to convince you that, look, I won't continue, it's not good. You know, it's the Spirit of God that works in a man. That renews the man's mind. It is not you that say, okay, this thing, no, I won't do it again. Uh -uh. You can't do it of your own power or might. It's the spirit of God that helps us to work it out. The Bible says, work out your salvation. The spirit of God helps us to work it out. And it begins to work in you. When you want to get angry, the Holy Spirit will say, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh, no. And they begin to see that you are changing at home. And your parents will begin to come to Pastor Tela Edo, kill her for a moment. She doesn't get angry at home again, no. When I say, BC, come and sweep. Before I even say, B, she has carried the broom. She's sweeping. Pastor Tella, what did you do? Pastor Tella didn't do anything. He just gave the word of God, led by the Spirit of God. Uh, Pastor Peter Kileshe, Atikbateti, Tetin Kwamama. No, he didn't do anything. It's the Spirit of God that rested upon that man. So, what am I saying? Will you allow the Spirit of God to rest on you? To walk in you. You don't need to announce yourself. The giftings of God in you, we announce you. Elijah did not need to announce himself that, hello, I'm the true prophet. You people, you are fake. Uh -uh. What happened that day made everybody to know that, ah, this is a true prophet. Praise God. Humility is the key word. Humility. Humility before God and before men. Don't take yourself highly rated and highly. Don't exalt yourself above God. Humble yourself. 
so that the Spirit of God will continue to work in you. Let me quickly go on because I know I've, I've taken time already and I pray that God will help us. I hope we are understanding so far. We are understanding so far. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now that we have known the criteria or the things that God will need for fire to fall, what does fire do? Before we go to what does fire do, what kind of fire are we actually asking God for? What kind of fire? Or what are, what are the kinds of fire that exists? Number one, there is strange fire. Strange. Number one, there's strange fire. And there's number two, acceptable fire. Strange fire, number one. Number two, acceptable fire. Can someone go to Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1? There's strange fire. What kind of fire do we see around now? Or what kind of fire have we seen from the scriptures? Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1. Is somebody there? Leviticus 10, 1 says, Okay. Yes. Praise God. Thank you, my sister. Your, your own says on holy fire. Yes. Which, which scripture has strength fire? Who has strange fire there? Strange fire. Which other thing do you have? Yes. What? Strange fire. KJV, right? Good. Which other something fire? Any other, any other one? Is it just unholy and strange we have here? Is that all we have? Okay, so let me read from good news. You said? Unauthorized. Wow. That's amplified. Okay unauthorized fire. Let me read good news. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, each took his fire pan, put live coals in it, added incense, and presented it before the Lord. But this fire was not holy because the Lord had not commanded it, had not commanded them to present it. Suddenly, the, fire, the, the Lord sent fire and it burns them to death there in the presence of the Lord. I want us as youths to listen carefully that there is strange fire, number one, and there's acceptable fire. Now, this is an example of strange fire that we saw in Leviticus 10.1. These were youths, so they were the sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu. They thought that they had arrived. They now did what was unholy, what was not authorized by God. They now took a kind of fire to burn incense before God. But because it was a strange fire, it was unholy fire, and God had not commanded it, fire fell from heaven and destroyed them. That was why I said at the beginning, the fire from the Lord can also kill. It can bless, but it, has, it can also kill. What can you tell me happened to these lives? These lives were not right. Can you see from where we began? There was something about this life that God put question mark on. There was something about their offering that God put question mark on. Who sent you? And sometimes God seems to be telling us youth and things that 
Who sent you? What you said in the church service that day? Who sent you? Is it me? Is it the Spirit of God that told you to say, say it or yourself? If it's yourself, just say, um, this is my thoughts and this is it. But don't now come and say the Spirit of God said to me. When the Spirit of God has not said it. Don't say the Spirit of God said it all. If it's your own thoughts, just say, well, in my own thinking, I'm thinking this and that. What am I trying to teach us? And what, am I also, what is God teaching me too? When God has not said it, don't say God said it all. When God did not say you should do, don't do it all. Praise God. How they taught us when we were in the university, when we are organizing a program, you must have a theme for the program. You must have a purpose for which you organize the program. You must have issues that you want to address based on the program. Our escorts then in the university, if you don't have all these three things and more, they won't even answer you. If you say, ah, choir unit, we have a program. And bless God for Bro Peter. When he told me that youth are having a program, I said, bro, what is the thing? And he gave me the thing. He sent it almost immediately. There has to be a reason why we do certain things. We don't do things anyhow in the body of Christ. It's not allowed. It's not permitted. We don't do, do things by feelings. We don't do things by emotions. We do things. We are the sons of God. It's a day that are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Who is not a son of God here? Are we all sons of God? Are we all sons of God? Then that means that you can be led by the Spirit of God. If you are a son of God, you can be led by the Spirit of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So please, there are strange fires. Let's just look at one example of acceptable fire. Of course, the one that we saw in uh, Elijah's story, that was an acceptable fire. Okay, let's see what Hebrews 12.29 says. Hebrews 12.29. Hebrews 12. If you are there, you can read. Hebrews 12.29. Uh, we should be faster than this. Oh, things and youth. Yes. God is a consuming fire. Okay, that further talked about the kinds of fire that we have. Okay, can someone help me with um, 2 Kings 6.17? 2 Kings 6, 17. There were, there were chariots of fire. That's an acceptable kind of fire. There were chariots of fire. And God was able to let that man know that they that are with them are more than those that are with their enemies. If you also look at that same first Kings, like I said, 1838, we see that the fire from the Lord fell. And that was an acceptable fire. I pray that God will give us the grace that we will be able to give unto God an acceptable fire. They will receive from God an acceptable fire in the name of Jesus. Okay, so what does fire do? 1 Corinthians 3.13. What does fire do? We are asking God that God, we want our youth to be on fire. What does fire do? 1 Corinthians. Yeah. 
Praise God. Mm. Thank you. God bless you. He said the fire will try every man's work, which means fire reveals your work. Fire, it will reveal the kind of work that you have been doing for the master. Good news says, 1 Corinthians 3.13, good news says, and the quality of each man's work or each person's work will be seen when the day of Christ exposes it. For on the day, fire will reveal everyone's work. The fire will test it and show its real quality. Brothers and sisters, what is the quality of work we are doing before the God? What is the quality of work? Are we doing it? Or we are doing it because we have a passion for the things of God. I want us to reorient our mind today that anything you do, they call you, what Peter calls you, Pastor Teller calls you, ah, come, BC, come and pray. Come, let's come and sweep the church. Come, let's come and arrange the chairs. And just say, ah, is it only you that come and do the work as if, ah, God, as I'm cleaning this chair, I'm doing it unto you. Father, everyone that will sit on this chair, be blessed, be blessed. Or they say, come and cut the grass. Ah, ah, is it only you? Ah, say, God, as I'm cutting this grass, in the name of Jesus, everyone that shall come into this church, oh, they will begin to see this church. Do everything as if you are doing it unto the Lord. They, your parents call you. Come and do this. Come and do that. Don't complain. See it as though you are doing it unto the Lord. That is how to build a quality service to God. That is how to have a reasonable service before God. Quality work before the Father. The fire reveals your work. There is a time. Heaven is real. Hell is real. When God will come and say, what I committed into your hands, what did you do with it? There is no, um, um, the church I was going, sir, is grace and truth. As you know, sir, the grace and truth, they are not serious. And so, the pastor did, there's no excuse. God will say, I put you in grace and truth Bible church for a reason. What did you do? What did you do? I put you in that school. Beside that, your stubborn uh, mates. I put you beside him, beside his seat. For a reason, what did you do to him? Did you tell him Jesus loves you? Or you were always boxing him? You big head, you small head, you do this, you do that. God placed you in your class for a reason. God puts you in your parents' house. You are the child of your parents for a reason. And God will ask you, that day, I took you to um, what's that your son name? You know, <laughs> Agualas family. The assignment I told you to do in Agualas family. Where is the assignment? In uh, Agualas family, the assignment I told you to do in the house. Where is it? No excuse. So the fire it reveals your work, the quality of your work. In that same First Corinthians three thirteen. It tests the quality of a person's work. It does not just reveal your work. It tests it. And you know now, paper, when you put paper in fire, what happens? It burns now. (laughs) Some people's work is like fire. They will just put it, it's just like paper. They will just put it on fire. It will burn. But some people's work is like gold. You put it in fire, it's shining. Uh -uh. You put it in fire again, it's shining. It can withstand anything. 
Those are people that have sat down with Jesus. Those are people that have learned from experience. Those are people that will say, I, I will stay with God until I'm made. Until God makes gold out of me, I won't leave his presence. Even when I'm that gold, I will continue to be refined. And I want that to be your testimony from today. Amen. It shall be so in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I've already said so that I can rush because I don't know how many minutes I have more. James 3.6. So you can write this down. James 3.6. Fire, it also it sets things ablaze. James 3.6 talks about the tongue. He said the tongue, ah, it's a fire. It can set the whole body aflame. So be careful what you say with your tongue. For a child of God, watch it. Don't let it be your mouth that they'll be hearing this, that, bad things. Please. Your, the tongue is a fire. It can set the whole body on fire. So another thing that the, Bible, uh, that the fire does based on James 3.6 is that it could set something ablaze. Ablaze is when something is burning hmm? and getting destroyed. If you look at um, the book of Luke chapter 3, you can just write it down. Luke chapter 3 from verse 16 to 17. Fire also prepares for separation. After the fire comes separation. It prepares for separation. Where the Bible said, okay, it will set the chaff aside from the wheat. And he said the wheat, he will burn them. It separates. It separates. Or prepares for separation. Luke 9.54, fire destroys. We've seen that. Just like fire fell and destroyed Nadab and Abiel. Luke 9 54 also says that fire destroys and another thing if you look at Acts 28 it destroys the enemy that's when uh, brother Paul said there was a there was uh, something in his flesh something cl uh, clicked on, uh, onto his hand and he shook up the beast into the fire it destroyed the enemy so fire can also destroy the enemy numbers 11 1 fire consumes Fire consumes. Fire consumes. Another one is fire speaks. You remember the burning bush in Exodus? Exodus chapter 3. When Moses saw a burning bush, he said, eh, what is happening? The bush is burning, but it's not consumed. The bush is burning. I can see fire, but the grasses are not getting burnt. And God spoke when he saw that Moses gave him attention. So God is seeking for our attention today you know there are some times you may not see the physical fire but there are some things around you that are happening and God is saying I want all these things that are happening around you to make you know that I want you to seek my attention if you don't give God attention God will not call God will not speak so please let's continually give God attention praise God fire also in form of tongue rests upon a man in the book of Acts we saw that it said tongues of fire rested upon them where they began on the day of Pentecost, fire rests upon a man in the form of tongues, tongues of fire. Tongues of fire. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Fire could also be for judgments. When the Lord spoke in uh, Revelation 20, fire could be for judgments. Where he said on the last day, there will be a separation and this separation will be those that have not honored him those that have not walked according to his way that they will be thrown into the furnace of fire let me read that place revelation 2015 
Revelation 20:15, it says, those who did not have their name written in the book of the living or in the book of life, they were thrown in the lake of fire. Please, listen to me very well. There is something called the lake of fire. Don't listen to the people that say, eh, there's nothing, the God is merciful. When he wants to throw the person inside hell like this, by the time God flings him, he will just land in heaven. There's nothing like that. All those ones are stories. There is heaven and there's hell. It is your work, when it's tested by fire, that we will be able to know whether it is heaven or hell. A man or a woman, a girl or boy that does not fulfill the will of God, does not do the bidding of God, may end up in hell. Know that for sure. Hell is for sinners. But you and I, we are not sinners. We must make heaven in the name of Jesus. Finally, fire purifies. It purifies just like it purifies gold. If you look at Revelation 3.18, it spoke about fire purifying. Revelation 3.18. Revelation 3.18. It says, um, I advise you then to buy gold from me, pure gold, in order to be rich. Buy also white clothing to dress yourself and cover up your shameful nakedness. Buy also some ointment to put on your eyes so that you may see. Now, this is the beginning that I want us to focus on, where it says, if you read it in KJV, it will tell us about the purification of gold that comes by fire. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I know that there are still so many things to say. But I just want to begin to round up here. That if you forget anything tonight, do not forget where we started. Where we said it is a small matter for fire to fall. It is a small thing for God to visit our church. It is a small thing for, for God to visit our life. For God to visit Nigeria. But the problem is with man. Are you ready? Are you ready? Stop talking. Stop talking. Are you ready? Is your altar ready? Is your life ready? Is your body ready? Have you prepared a place for the word of God to rest? What is it that is taking your attention from the word of God? What is it that is taking your attention from the things of God? What is it that is bothering you and is not making you to concentrate on what God has called you to be? This is the day of salvation. No? Tomorrow may be too late. Me, I don't see any small person here. I don't see any young person here. There is nobody that God cannot use here. There is nobody that the Spirit of God cannot rest upon. There is nobody that the fire of God cannot rest upon here. All we need to do is to be ready. So can we just rise up on our feet and tell God, me, I want to always come before the presence of God empty. I always want to say, God, there is room for more. So tonight, I want you to close your eyes. See, it is one person by one person. It is you and your God. It is you and your God. You know the state of your life. You know the state of your heart. You know what God has been telling you. If God has not been telling you anything from morning, ah, we seriously need to pray for you. But if there's something that you have learned tonight, begin to talk to God. God, I have come to you tonight. 
I want my life to be right. I have learned today that what made fire to fall upon Elijah and upon that offering was because the life was because the man was right. Elijah's life was right. He had made God not only his savior but Lord. Eyes closed. So if you are here, and I know I've asked over and over again, but let me still ask. If you know you are here and you are not born again, close your eyes, everybody. You have not make, made him, you have not made Jesus your savior. You have not said, Jesus, come into my heart. Come and be my savior. Come and save me. If you have not said that before, just close your eyes, everybody. If you have not said that before, can you just wave your hand so that I can see it? If you have not said to Jesus before that, Jesus, I want you to be my savior. Put your hands up, let's see, so that I can pray with you. If you have not said it before, I'll come to if you have said it before. If you have not said it before, that Jesus, I want you to be my savior. If you are putting up your hand, can you put it? Don't be ashamed. Don't, don't allow anybody to make you feel ashamed. Everybody is going to face God one by one. Don't be ashamed, my dear. Raise it up. Let the devil be ashamed. Raise it up very well. Don't mind the devil. Raise it up very well. God bless you. I've seen, I've seen your hand. God bless you. If you are raising it up and you are just doing halfway, I will assume I didn't see you. This is how to raise up a hand for altar call. Okay? God bless you. Now, put your hands down. Put your hands down. God bless you. Now, if you are here and you have not made God, or oh Jesus, your Lord, you know I've explained the difference between Savior and Lord. We have about three people that want to make Jesus their Savior. God bless you. We will still pray for you. Now, the people that want to make Jesus, you can be, it can be the same, of course. The same set of three or four people that raise their hand, I will pray that you make Jesus your Savior and Lord. You are automatically in that group. But if you are here, you have made Jesus your Savior, but you have not made him your Lord yet. Can you wave, uh, raise your hand up? You have not given him the key of your life entirely. You are still holding some bunches of key that belongs to you. If you have not given him everything, God bless you. God bless you. Now put your hands down. Now I want you to put that hand on your chest. It's a serious matter. If you are joking, me, I'm not joking. Because heaven will have today's record. And he will have record of those that took him serious. Okay? Ha. So if you are in those categories, put your hand on your chest as we pray. And just say after me, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. From today, Lord. I want to make you my, my, my savior. I want you to be my savior. I want you also to be my Lord. I want you to take charge of my life. From today, Lord, the key of my heart, the key of my life, it belongs to you. 
I give it to you. From my heart, I give it to you. From today, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me, O God. Wash me, O God. Write my name in the book of life. From today, let my life be pleasing to you. In the name of Jesus. From today, I receive power to become your son. From today, I receive power to become your daughter. From today, I receive power to become your son and daughter. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Now the second part of the prayer is that if you are here, you know that there's something about your life. You need to take God seriously. For fire to fall, the life must be, the man must be right. The altar must be right. The body must be right. The resting place must be there for God to rest upon. And fire will indeed fall. If you want to say that not from today, I want my life. I want my body. I want everything about my life to be what you have ordained it to be. Raise up your hand. Anything I do from today, I want it to be what you have ordained it to be. I want to, any step I take from today, I want it to be what you have commanded me to do. From today, my body, I give it to you. I won't do anything bad with my body. My eyes new, my ears new, my nose new, my leg new. I won't go anywhere you won't want me to go. I won't hear anything you won't want me to hear. I won't see anything. Pornography, it is, I won't see it again. Anything you don't want me to do, Lord, I won't do it. Okay, we've seen those. Can you put it on your chest and say after me, Lord Jesus, from today, take over my life. Take over my body. Take over everything about me. Every bad thing I have done in the past. I repent. Forgive me, Lord. From today, every bad is in my past. Every good has come now. Every good has come now. In the name of Jesus. From today, my life will be a resting place for you. My life, everybody should be praying this prayer. From today, my life will be a resting place for you. From today, my life will be a resting place for you. Holy Spirit, you will have a place to rest upon. Here is my body, oh God. Here is my soul, oh God. Here is my spirit, oh God. Rest upon me, spirit of God. Rest upon me, spirit of God. Now let's begin to speak in tongues if you can speak in tongues. Malibo shein tarada de boche karada sete. He malero shekera roja. 
Malike zete duru de boche. He malare kizante de rosa. He mazante kizapororo sheta. If you cannot speak in tongues, just open your mouth. The spirit of God is resting on you and it will come to you tonight. Take this moment seriously and begin to open your mouth. The Bible said, open your mouth, I will feel it. He mazante kerorose. Malike rose kerorosa. He mazante kerorosa bara. Malike zete kerorosa. Lord, I know that you are trusting us, oh God. You are trusting this generation for the right revival. Oh God, we ask, oh God, that this fire of revival, it will fall upon us, oh God, from tonight in the name of Jesus. He You are not praying like youth, you are not praying like kings. He bazante If you cannot speak in tongues, wave your hands, let me see. If you are here, you cannot speak in tongues yet. Open your mouth, the Lord will feel you. I've seen you. Spirit of God, we ask of God tonight that you rest upon us. We are hungry, O oh God. We are thirsty, O oh God. Rest upon us tonight. Rest upon us tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we thank you. We honor you, O oh God. We glorify your name, O oh God. 